Thank you, Rick. Praise band and choir for leading us in worship. When Taylor asked me a while back to preach this morning, and he allowed me to select my text, I immediately thought of Matthew 2. Since this was the Sunday after Christmas, Taylor preached from Matthew 1 last week, and so I am in Matthew 2. I don't know about you, but I have certain memories relating to different Bible studies in Scripture. And our text this morning is one of those Bible studies that reminds me of a class discussion I had as a sophomore in high school. And you may not know this about me, but I enjoyed drawing. I took art classes in junior high school and in high school. In fact, we have a talented artist in our church family. David Wargo taught art in Zachary and Walker, north of Baton Rouge, for, I believe, over 30 years. And uh, our small group enjoys his artwork each week because he sketches a, a Bible scene on our uh, class prayer sheet. But our text reminds me of when I returned to school after Thanksgiving break. And I was sitting in there in class, art class, and the art teacher, Mr. Bryant, announced to the class that we would be sketching or drawing Christmas scenes from that day until we got out of Christmas break. And you can imagine the suggestions students started making, you know, mistletoe hanging in the doorway or a Christmas wreath or a Christmas tree surrounded by presents and then the manger scene with baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Some said the sheep and then someone added the wise men now some of you know that my my father's retired pastor in fact he graduated from the new orleans baptist theological seminary in 1964 and and being a a preacher's kid i faithfully attended church each sunday and i had some pretty good sunday school teachers and i sat there in class as long as I could, before my hand went up, Mr. Bryant said, Bob, you have a question? And I said, there was no wise men at the manger. And you can imagine my classmates looking at me. She said, don't, don't you see the Christmas cards and the wise men? I said, there was no wise men at the manger. And I remember asking for a Bible. Now, in those days, we had Bibles in public school. And so I found a Bible, and I read Matthew chapter 2 to them, or part of it, our text, to tell them and communicate that the wise men found Jesus at a house, not the manger. Now, I don't know if my classmates were impressed at my Bible knowledge or irritated but I do remember there were some paintings and sketches of the manger with wise men. But nevertheless, I thought this text was, could be appropriate the Sunday after Christmas. Matthew recorded this event that happened sometime after the birth of our Savior. The message this morning just has three simple points. Faithfully searching, 
sincerely asking and simply obeying. I am not confident in New Year's resolutions because statistics reveal that people don't keep them. I believe if you've got a goal, a good goal that you need to start, you need to do it immediately. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you of a sin and you need, you need to repent and live for Him now and not wait until a New Year's resolution. But however, my prayer is this simple message will encourage us and remind us to make good decisions and to honor our Lord even if it's made on Tuesday New Year's Day. Matthew wrote the gospel to the Jews to prove that Jesus is the Messiah and the eternal King. That is why he began the gospel of genealogy to connect Jesus to Abraham and King David, just as predicted in the Old Testament. Matthew did not include any details of Jesus' birth. In fact, Matthew didn't even identify the angel that communicated to Joseph to stay with Mary and not to divorce her. As you know, it was Luke, the historian physician, that recorded the details of Gabriel visiting Zechariah and Mary and recorded the details of Jesus' birth as, that we read during the Christmas season. Matthew didn't even include these details because his, math, his message was about the new king. Matthew identified Jesus as the Messiah, the person who would come and save us from our sins. And his name, name would be Emmanuel, God with us. And in chapter 2, Matthew identifies Jesus as the king. Our text begins with the wise man faithfully searching for Jesus. Look in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Who were these wise men? Where did they come from? And how many were there? Were there really just three? Were they really kings? as a song that some of us sing during this Christmas season, We Three Kings. And what I would really like to know is, did they really ride camels? The research that I read stated that the wise men, or magi is the word that is translated to wise men, probably rode horses and traveled in large groups. And there is so much about these men we do not know, but tradition numbers them, clothes them, and even puts them on camels. For transportation. Commentaries agree that in the, in the East, people had a prophecy given by Balaam, recorded in Numbers 24, 17, says, I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob. A scepter will rise from Israel. But who were these guys? John MacArthur did a lot of research on the wise men or magi. The Old Testament books, uh, Jeremiah and Daniel, recorded Magi in Babylon and the Medo-Persian Empire. They were an Eastern priestly group. And in fact, Daniel, a Hebrew, became a chief of the Magi, recorded in Daniel chapter 5. This great prophet of God told the other Magi about the coming king. And this priestly group of Magi was reading, was ready and looking for the king. They waited for years for this great individual to be born. They passed down this information from generation to generation and, and were waiting. And they recognized the time 
that Jesus was born. I believe the world is searching today. People are looking for the next great mobile device or health aid or relationship or the next job or career opportunity. The next great fix that will make our lives easier and better. I want to ask you this morning, what is the loudest voice that you hear today? What has your attention right now? I want to remind you also that everything that we have in this life is temporary. As James recorded that our life is like a morning vapor. It's like that mist that comes out of our mouth on a cold morning. It's there for just a moment, and it's gone. One of my favorite meals of the week is Saturday morning breakfast at home. Janice makes a delicious breakfast. Our routine begins with me getting up and making coffee, and after the coffee is made, I'll take a cup of coffee to her, and sometimes I'll enjoy my coffee in bed with her as she reads. Sometimes I'll go outside to our patio and, and read the Bible or, or study. And that's a special morning. There's no hurry, no, no specific schedule, no demands. We're just enjoying a quiet morning together. And what makes those Saturday morning breakfasts extra special is watching the SEC Network. With Paul Feinbaum, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge, and Tim Tebow. Fall, fall Saturday yard work and motorcycle rides are scheduled around SEC games. But the older I become, the quicker time passes. Football seasons come and go so quickly. I find myself evaluating my priorities and my schedules that need to be more spiritually focused. Jesus must be our main priority, our main focus, our greatest treasure. And as the writer of, the Hebrew, of Hebrews recorded, we should look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Another detail about the wise men search was that it was a priority that began after Daniel's leadership and witness when he was in Persia. His promises of a coming Messiah were remembered for generations of this group. We should always remember how we influence others, both good and bad. If you want to make 2019 a better year, admit that you are searching. If you have never given your life to Christ, there will be someone here down here at the end of this uh, service that would like to talk to you. I want everyone to know this morning that is listening and in this room that you would know that you'd go to heaven when you die. But I have been a believer for over 50 years. I was saved at a very young age. But I want to admit to you that I am still searching. And please don't understand me. I'm not searching for some unknown truth or another truth because I know the truth and his name is Jesus but my search is to know him more my search is to know him better now I believe Paul communicates this in Philippians 3 starting in verse 7 it says but everything that was a gain to me I 
have considered it to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. And then our goal is in verse 10, where Paul says, My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. I think probably most of us would like to stop right there. Because he says, To know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to death. Do we want to know Christ at any cost? Paul did. Even at his suffering, being conformed to death. We need to be like the wise men and leave what is familiar and seek Jesus that we may know him more each day. We need to admit that we need more of the Holy Spirit to control our lives. As the psalmist recorded, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. Not only were the wise men faithfully searching for Jesus, they sincerely asked questions about him. At the end of verse 2, it says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at, his, at its rising, having come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, Judea, they told him, because this was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, report back to me so I too can go and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went on their way. Notice that the wise men said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They did not say, Where is he who has been born to become king of the Jews? King Jesus' kingly status was not conferred on him later in life because Jesus was born the king. The wise men saw the star at his rising and faithfully searched for him to worship him. Much has been written about this star. Some people predict that it was a conjunction of planets like Jupiter and Saturn. Others believe it was a supernova that a faint star had violently exploded and gave off enormous amounts of light for a few weeks or months. A popular theory is that it was Halley's Comet. We really do not know, except that God used a source of light to lead the wise men on their way. And they stopped in Jerusalem, where there was a population of Jews, of Jews there and would ask questions. And in verse 3, we see the beginning of a contrast between King Herod and the wise men. First, we see the wise men traveled a long distance 
searching for the king. King Herod lived in Jerusalem and was surrounded by Jewish leaders who knew the scripture and he knew nothing about the promised king. You know, this, this concerns me because I am surrounded by so many wonderful Christians and I do not want to miss what God is doing. I know you feel the same way. And you want to know how to be involved in God's work and be in the center of his will. And King Herod totally missed it. What efforts are you, do you make to see the king? Do you know him more? Do you have a daily quiet time? Do you spend personal time in the scriptures? Because that is very important. If you're not doing that, I hope you start that today. The wise men made a great effort to see Jesus. And Herod was close and totally was unaware of the king's birth. And God help us that we are not aware of what you are doing around us. Second, the wise men uh, sincerely asked, where is he? Because they wanted to worship the new king. Herod selfishly asked, where is he? Because he wanted to kill him. The wise men saw Jesus as a righteous king, and Herod saw Jesus as a threat. Herod was a bad individual. He was a half-Jew. He was a descendant of Esau who bought his position in, Rome, in Jerusalem from Rome. He was known for a great builder of public works and a shrewd diplomat in the dealings with both the Romans and the Jews, but he put heavy taxes on the Jews and drafted labor from them. As he grew older, he became increasingly paranoid about the threats against him in his throne. And he had numerous sons and wives and those close to him because, killed because he feared plots to overthrow him. The wise man sincerely asked questions motivated by love and truth, and Herod selfishly asked questions motivated by self, uh, selflessness and hate. The wise man's priority was to worship Jesus, and Herod's priority was to eliminate a threat. Third, the wise man sincerely asked questions seeking truth. Herod asked his questions to manipulate after the chief priests and scribes of the people asked Herod's questions where the king, baby, baby king was, we see the instructions to the wise men in verse 7 where it says, Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me, and I too can go and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went on their way. Herod asked his questions in secret because he was evil. He asked the exact time the star appeared to determine the age of the child. And why? Because his plan was to kill Jesus. He asked the wise men to report back to him so he too could go and worship him. But that was a lie. When we sincerely seek Jesus as our king, our questions are always pure. Sometimes our natural question is, is God, what, what is your plan for my life? I think that's a natural question. But I'm reminded of the first three realities of experiencing God. 
God is at work around you. And two, God pursues a love relationship with you. And three, God's invitation to join him in his work. Are you asking sincere questions about how God is working around you? Are you truly committed to God and his work? And as I mentioned before, the first step is having a personal quiet time with him. I don't know about you, but my personal devotion life suffers if I'm not careful. We are all very busy. So many activities and temptations compete with our time and rob us of our spiritual growth. We must continue to faithfully search and ask spiritual questions to know Christ more and to grow spiritually and to be more like Him. We see the wise men faithfully searching for Jesus, sincerely asking questions about Jesus. Then we see the wise men simply obeying God the Father. In verse 9 it says, After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star that had had seen it is in his rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. When the wise men left Jerusalem, they saw a star again which led them to Bethlehem. They found him, fell on their knees, and worshipped him, and then presented their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which I believe is where we get the three wise men. Then they departed a different way. The wise men simply obeyed God and did not return to Jerusalem. They didn't ask questions. They didn't negotiate. They didn't think about it. They didn't form a committee. They just simply obeyed. And this was the wise men's obedience. They made a decision to go home a different way. We've all heard the saying, Everyone who meets Jesus leaves a different way, and that is true. When we have a true encounter with God, we are never the same because he teaches us obedience. Look at verse 12. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by a different route. I like the way the King James translates the beginning of this verse says, then being divinely warned. Have you been divinely warned? An angel warning the wise men in a dream is, is really clear. A message from an angel would be very clear to me. A flashing billboard on the side of the road would certainly get my attention if I needed to hear from God. Or a clear shout would be helpful. But sometimes understanding God's directions or instructions is not always easy. In the Old Testament, there was a great prophet named Elijah. And after a series of events, he fled into the wilderness, ready to give up. And he needed to hear from God. There may be someone here this morning that is in a wilderness. 
You may have had a great holiday season with family and friends, but something may have happened that sent you into a wilderness. For some of you, going back to work is like going back into a wilderness because you feel all alone. And you need some, a direct, need some direction from God. You need some answers from God. After some travel, an angel appeared to Elijah and told him to stand outside the cave where he, where he stopped. And 1 Kings 19 says, Then he said, Go out and stand, talking to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs by the, before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle or his blanket and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Sometimes we think God is in, our business, in the business, busyness of our lives in a mighty wind or in the earthquakes and fire. My reminder for us this morning is to slow down and listen to God. What is God saying to you this morning? Has he been shouting to you, and how have you refused to obey, obey him? He may be speaking to you through his soft whisper, and you need to be still and listen. We should faithfully search for God in order to know him more and sincerely ask him how, we can, how he can use us so we can simply obey I like Elizabeth Elliot's quote, The will of God is not something you add to your life. It is a course you choose. What course are you on? What decisions are you making? I want to encourage us all to faithfully search, sincerely ask, and simply obey Christ our King. Let's pray. Our Father, we, we do praise you today. We thank you for the time of worship we had earlier this morning. But Lord, I pray that there's someone here that does not know you as Savior and Lord, that has not made Christ their King. I pray that you speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that they will be different leaving today in which they came. Lord, I know that there's someone here this morning that is walking in a wilderness, and they desperately need to hear from you. We've had a break, a, a stop in our daily routine uh, because of the holidays, and, and some of us are going back to work or some area that we are not comfortable. And Lord, we know that you have called us to be obedient. Lord, that you may be asking us to do something that we know exactly what you need us to do, but we are refusing. I pray that you convict us, teach us to be obedient. 
Lord, I pray that you be with us as a church family. I pray that you be with the pastor's search committee. I thank you for each member and their faithfulness to you. Lord, I pray for our, our next pastor, that you keep him safe. But Lord, I pray that you prepare him for us, but also prepare us for him. God, I pray for each one here this morning that we will live a life of obedience, that we continue to search you. Lord, make us thirsty, asking questions of how we can know you more, how we can know you better, that we may be following, that we may follow you and be a light in the city of New Orleans. I we thank you for Jesus, our only hope. And it's his name we pray. Amen. you'll stand as we sing there'll be ministers here that uh, can talk to you if you need to talk to a minister if you have any questions that were, were said this morning uh, but you come forward as you have a chance uh, coming to the invitation as the
David Furr, if you will pray our offertory prayer. Everyone, please bow. Lord God, we just come before you today thankful for this time of worship, this time we could praise you, this time we could hear your message, Father God, and also just watch uh, young ones be baptized and come to faith in you. Thank you so much. And uh, as we remember in this time of this season of giving, Father God, um, as we just come before you asking you to bless these offerings and tithes we're about to pick up, uh, my prayer for myself, really for all of us, uh, as we about to kick off this new year in a couple of days, Father God, is uh, that um, it wouldn't just be a season of giving that would be forgotten, Lord, but uh, make this, uh, this new year, 2019, uh, a season of giving every day for all of us, Father God. Uh, our resources, our tithes, Father God. Um, these times often just pass away and, and we forget about them until the next year, but uh, I just pray that, uh, that we remember the gifts that you give us every day, Father God, and, and most of all, the most important gift, your Son and our Savior, Jesus, Lord. And it's in his precious name I pray. Amen. thank you again for your presence here this morning we hope you have a safe new year our financial office will be open tomorrow for any new year gifts and the office will be closed tuesday on new year's day and uh, if you'll take this worship guide home and read it we'll have uh, all the announcements and activities of our church i want you to uh, we'll dismiss and go to a small group we have a small group for every age group here so we're dismissed to go to our uh, small groups